Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. Before we get into it, become part of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly, and LA United have played a couple of preseason matches more, uh, the second and third ones. And uh, before we get into the reviews and the news, and a very, very interesting, uh, also maybe revealing, one could say, kit leak. Uh, yeah, let's uh, give some love uh, to our Patreons, uh, Gavin, Andrew, Jordan, Niall, Chris. Uh, yeah, those are our highest tiered uh, subscribers on Patreon. And uh, yeah, if you want to be able to play us on EAFC, for instance, you definitely want to hop over onto our Patreon and get involved. We will be doing lots of fun things uh, with our Patreons throughout the season. So definitely get in there before this season starts. There are uh, some fun ones that are coming up. But anyway, guys, let's get into the two matches. The first one being against Memphis 901 in Athens at the Turner Soccer Complex uh, at the UGA uh, pretty much area. And... Man, there were a lot of familiar faces for sure with Memphis 901. And, uh, you know, Stephen Glass, of course. You've got Emerson Hindman. Yeah, I mean, just to name a few. It's, uh, you know, some uh, some guys that are a big part of our history, really. And, you know, they're uh, on this USL side. So it makes sense that we played them. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, a very... I would say it, it's interesting. Uh, it was sold out in terms of a crowd, and so uh, definitely there was some good energy. And I mean, yeah, ultimately uh, that's uh, that first starting eleven. I think uh, is pretty close, pretty close to what we might eventually see, bar a couple of players uh, that are either coming back from injury or coming back from international duty. But Josh Cohen. Ronald Hernandez at left back, Abram, uh, Noah Cobb, uh, not included in that. But uh, yeah, basically, there has been some uh, minutes management on Stian Gregerson. But uh, Brooks Lennon on, at right back, Tristan Muyamba, Bartosz Schlich, who gets his first start of the preseason. His visa was approved. Nick Firmino, Shonda Silva, Saba Lapsenidze, and Yorgos Yakomakis. And so, uh, yeah, definitely great to see Schlich. He, uh, yeah, definitely got a good number of minutes uh, where, I mean, you know, he showed some stuff. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's get your uh, thoughts and a little quick recap on how you felt after seeing the second preseason match against Memphis 901. Yeah, that was a... I was a little nervous going in because I know our history with them. Definitely didn't want to lose to another USL side, uh, specifically this one. It was... Um, I was a little nervous going into it. And unfortunately, my nerves were there for a reason. Um, we struggled. Uh, it, was a tough, it was a tough game. They played us hard. We'll get into the reasons why. Um, but that early goal from way out was unexpected to say the least i don't think anyone saw that coming um 
I don't even know if it was that much of an issue on our side in terms of not being able to close them down soon enough. But I mean, that just it just reminded me of a lot of bad luck that Atlanta United has had throughout their seasons where just players that normally don't go nuts and just have the game of their life against us decide to show up and turn out and oh my gosh they score from downtown so it's like okay whatever luckily we didn't let it spiral kept things going and we eventually equalized it took us almost the entire game to do so but through that game and with the one that uh, uh came after we can say we have preserved our undefeated status in the preseason so far and that makes me happy <laughs> uh super duper important clearly at least to, to you and uh yeah i mean you know inner miami like we were just discussing pre-show uh they haven't won a preseason match so far and uh you know what i have a feeling they'll be okay but uh it's still yes la united uh i mean Memphis not won like okay i think there were 30 fouls in this match apparently and it was a, it was a friendly yeah, it was a physical one. Uh, yeah, you know, I think what's interesting is uh, there, you know, yeah, you have the, you know, the former Atlanta United head coach and Stephen Glass, who I think, yeah, he, I mean, you know, he has a point to prove. He he didn't get the uh, the permanent job, you know, and I think at this point you have a little bit of, okay, yeah, you know, let's uh, let's make sure we get stuck in and make sure that Atlanta United feels us here. And you know, they they definitely made it difficult for us. It was probably our biggest test of the preseason so far, which is interesting that it is a USL side. But you know, since we won't really be playing them, really, uh, I think this is something that was very good, a good thing for us in this preseason. To be able to, uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of get this type of uh, real game scenarios in our system and kind of wake us up where it's like, okay, yeah, it won't be a walk in the park. It won't be where, yeah, you know, uh, some players might not actually go full in, uh, actually get stuck in. No, uh, yeah, Brooks Lennon, who was not given the armband for the first 11, Seemed like he had a point to prove because Yorgos Yakomakis had that armband and uh, yeah, Lennon, you know, he uh, he basically he was shoving some players. He was uh, st sticking up for his team, and it was uh, I, I think something that's great to see is you know a player like him who many of us have penned for probably the the actual captain. Uh, for the first 11 if Brad Guzan does not win the starting job at goalkeeper uh, it's probably that but it's also probably Brad Guzan is going to be the actual club captain and the uh, you know the one on the pitch might just be by uh, committee until uh, Brad Guzan does uh, you know move on from LA United but uh, yeah and in terms of yeah that uh, that second match or not second match but the second half with the new group that had Brakuzan and a bunch of uh, you know other players that uh, you know are uh, gonna f probably feature for Ellen United too but uh, Brakuzan, Matt Edwards, Derek Williams, Efren Morales, Aiden McFadden, Matias Gallardo, Jay Fortune, Javier Armas, Tyler Wolf, Luke Brennan, and Jamal Tiare 
who, uh, yeah, Jamal Tiare, uh, was able to find that equalizer, but only after we spent the entire second half still fighting, still fighting the uh, 901, and uh, it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's this, we, we look, hmm, we, we look a little bit where, like, it's encouraging, but the types of chances, I mean, it's like, uh, I, there's a lot of balls at the top, which I think is a theme so far without Tiago Almada, uh, and then especially without uh, Yoko Sakamakis, you know, in the whole match, but Jamal Tiare, he was everywhere, it felt like, he was... Uh, getting himself involved kind of deeper and on on the wings as well it uh it seemed like yeah you know he's a guy that will be a busy bee and will be very good cover for Jakob Marcus but uh yeah how'd you find the second half um so Gonzo said after when he spoke to some press that the second team the second unit that came out for the second 30 minute session uh, outperformed the first, which was not to be expected, considering it was mostly, like you said, you know, made up of twos and um, and uh, depth pieces. So that was a little surprising to see, but it's also kind of nice to see because that means you know our our kids and our twos are uh, they have some fight in them and they can step up when called upon. Yeah, they were barely clinging on on the end of the the game, but like they clinged on, they they held on. So that was good. Um, the first half, again, going back to it, I think the reason why, you know, Memphis was able to cause us so much trouble is because Stephen Glass kind of knows what makes Atlanta United um, falter, which is kind of just high press chaos. And I mean, I when I'm watching this game, it reminded me almost of watching like a Red Bull game. Like Atlanta still has difficulty playing through intense high pressure. Um, and that was very evident in the first the first half and in the, the second but not as much in the second because they was more off the gas and uh you know the they were starting to get a little tired memphis coming against us so it was uh you know it was still kind of what we're used to however it mimicked in a way scenario you know against a high pressing team which is our kryptonite and we came out of that one to one you know a tie in, in terms of an MLS away fixture, that's a pretty good result instead of getting absolutely shellacked, like 4-0 or something like that. So, you know, if that's the way we're going to play, like a New York Red Bull or some other, like, you know, maybe St. Louis next, you know, when we go away to play them, um, you know, maybe that's, hopefully we can get like a 1-1 draw or maybe eke out a victory um, if we play at least in such a way where we can mitigate some of that uh, crazy chaos there was everyone running to second balls and who can get there in these 50 50 scenarios it's like it's just madness so who knows if we've gotten better at it i feel like this is at least some practice to get us ready for it so that's at least kind of good i like that memphis plays us so hard and kind of employs a strategy that really can mess us up so it gets us ready i'm happy to see that and we didn't do absolutely terrible against it and yeah i mean it's the i don't i don't really remember how they played us when they beat us in the usl or in the uh open cup but 
I don't remember us playing. I just feel like we just didn't play well. It wasn't so much that Memphis was just playing like a strategy that was working. Just remember us just kind of botching a lot. So this game though, they had a plan and they executed it well, which was basically throw a wrench in our plan. And it, and it worked, but we were able to survive it. So I think that's some growing pains maybe. Hopefully, hopefully, because it is that. I mean, uh, you know, Pineda did mention wanting to get that type of uh, those reps in on the road and, you know, uh, them playing. Well, I don't know if he prognosticated them playing us like this, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is definitely it's a great sign. I feel like of, uh, you know, we were able to at last a little bit, uh, you know, them, even though it was this. It was their first preseason match, and for us, it was our second. But it is also, okay, uh, you know, teams are going to tire out uh, in general. There's no team will be able to press for 90 minutes, not even the New York Red Bulls. So, um, although they're probably one of the closest to be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that Jamal Tiari was able to... Uh, you know, get that equalizer, and that was from on Javier Armas. Uh, he pretty much popped up a headed pass in the direction of Tiare. Uh, and yeah, Tiare was able to get a one on one with the goalkeeper, and he slotted a low driven shot. But uh, yeah, definitely good to see our strikers hit the back of the net in preseason. That's yeah, that's what we need. We need them. Uh, seeing the net bulge and then yeah, hopefully carry that into the actual season. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, ultimately it's a it's a kind of topsy turvy match to a degree where lots of people were thrown on their butts, but you know we come out unscathed seemingly, and uh, yeah, that's the, the most important thing. So uh, yeah, we'll wrap a bow up on that match and into the third preseason match against uh, CF Montreal who uh, yeah just gained a familiar friend who we will talk about uh, later but yeah it was uh, 120 minutes two 60 minute halves and it uh, yeah it was definitely interesting I mean uh, we're in Tampa now uh, we're gonna be in Florida for the rest of the preseason but the, uh, the first 60 minutes, that 11 consisted of Braguzan, Caleb Wiley, who returned from injury, Derek Williams, Noah Cobb, Brooks Lennon, Bartosz Leish, uh, Tristan Mjomba, Lee Firmino, Saba Lapsenice, Jamal Tiare, and Shanta Silva. Yorgos Yakumakis uh, seemed to have missed out, probably due to some rest as well, but uh, and also as uh, well, Stian Gregerson. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was on a plane, so I wasn't able to watch this match, but uh, you give us your thoughts, Michael, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they, it was, uh, you know, two interesting 60-minute uh, periods. Yeah, um, so we won, you know, that's always nice to win, and it's an MLS team too, so that's cool, <laughs> it's not USL, so it looks like we rose to the challenge here, Um what I thought was interesting is during the match chat on our Discord, one of our uh, one of our uh, members said, "Wow, Montreal looks worse than Memphis. Memphis seems to have played us even harder." 
And I think that had a lot to do with, like, the way Memphis attacked us, you know, them using kind of a kryptonite on us, whereas Montreal, I don't think did. They were more, you could see, I, I froze the, I did like a screen grab a couple of times of Montreal playing against us today, and they were almost always in a very firm mid-block. Um, they tried to get us out into the wings and keep us there, which we did often, and we found some joy from it, especially with Saba. Um, that got us kind of a fluky goal. Um, so we, we got a goal, never going to be upset about it. However, the way it was done could be better because I don't really know if it's indicative of a successful system. Um, like, is this replicable? Is this something we can expect to see often, uh, that Salva does? I don't think so. You don't just take pot shots across the face of goal and hope it goes in. Usually, hopefully someone is there like Jamal. Jamal tried, didn't quite make it. Um, the rest of the game, they tried many times to do uh, sequences like this. One was pretty close. I think there was a header that Saba, well, Saba crossed it, then a header. I forget who was on top of it, but that was pretty close. Outside of that, there wasn't that much effective or clinical production coming down the wings. There was a lot of noise coming down the wings, but not a lot of clinical, you know, attacks. So. That's a little bit, you know, also preseason, it's rust, it's kind of dialing in still. So I'm not exactly expecting them to nail all of these, but, you know, I'd like to see maybe one or two or two or three, but we saw one and that was a little fluky. I'd rather see like, you know, I mean, obviously I think if Gigi was in, he probably puts that away nicely, like to make it look flashy. Um, instead of it just kind of sneaking through the, the goalie's hands um, and Jamal kind of like almost dummying it, it looked like. So, you know, it is what it is. I'll take what I can get. Um, there was some also some strange instances that happened. The strangest of those instances is the goalkeepers, two of them from Montreal playing in such a high line, like really, really sweeper keeper all the way up. And boy, did they get punished. <laughs> Yeah, which we'll get to there, but uh, yeah, no, that struck me because I was able to watch like a few minutes, uh, like uh, more than a few minutes, but really it's it's definitely strange, I would say, and uh, seeing a keeper pretty much at like the 30-yard line, 35-yard line is, yeah, what? Like that's helter-skelter, that is, uh, that's suicide ball, I would say, and not not really advised uh, especially with uh, I don't know I mean it seems like their their new head coach Courtois is just trying to implement some things that uh, you know might be really progressive in this league but it also might uh, have them lose a lot of games because uh, that's not really the uh, you know the most wise thing I think to be trying to implement with a young team but you know, you never know. But uh, speaking of a young person and young player, uh, Caleb Wiley, he apparently only got about 15 minutes or so, uh, but uh, he was taken off after that for Ronald Hernandez. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great to see Wiley maybe get some minutes for fitness. Uh, didn't seem like it was anything injury-related. Uh, maybe it was just planned. So uh, hopefully that is the case. But uh, the second... 60 minutes uh, had Josh Cohen, Ronald Hernandez, Luis Brum, Efren Morales, Ada McFadden, Dax McCarty, Jay Fortune, Tyler Wolf, 
Matias Gallardo, Luke Brennan, and Ashton Gordon. Of course, the uh, the new uh, player that will be an, an, an official in the United 2 player next season. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Cohen had to make a couple saves, apparently. Uh, yeah, how'd you... Uh, How'd you find the whole uh, second period of 60 minutes? Yeah, this is this goes along also with a summary a bit of the first period as well, was that, you know, we seem to be, because Montreal wasn't trying to suffocate us, uh, we had more room to build out the back. We looked more confident in doing so, calm, cool, and collected. Um, we were able to kind of string along some passes. They tried to overload us in the midfield, and then when that happened, a lot of times we decided to opt to go over the top or you know down the wings which we did often um so you know i thought we saw some growth i thought we saw some confidence building we looked a little bit more cool on the ball um building out the back wasn't as worrying against an opponent like this so and that's something i know nato was trying to practice this game a lot of building out the back and then you know building that confidence uh, starting with players like you know Noah Cobb did very well. Um, a lot of the kind of the kids in the second did very well too. Um, I w- I don't really think anyone had like too much of a you know like a bad game. Like everyone kind of did pretty well. You probably want the offense to do slightly better, be more clinical. But you don't, like I said earlier, you don't expect that in preseason to be you know hitting on every one of your chances. So for what it was, I thought it was all pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, in terms of the goal scored by Montreal, uh, yeah, how did you find that? Uh, you know, was it you know something that's uh, midfields, or was it in defense? Was it a goalkeeper? Like what? Uh, what happened there? I didn't see that goal. I didn't, I missed that part. My daughter took my iPad for that. <laughs> that time. Oh, the uh, <laughs> the old kids. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll probably rewatch that, but it is definitely, yeah, I mean, uh, the the stream as well, uh, if you were wondering, yeah, it had like three different start and stops as well. Uh, yeah. It was a difficult one, I think, to, uh, to watch. It was also 3 p.m. on a weekday and on a workday. Uh, 4 so p.m. 4 p.m., either way. It's, yeah, most people, I mean, it's pretty much... Uh, I think I saw it concurrently, or you saw it concurrently, rather. It was like uh, about two and a half, maybe two, maybe three thousand people watching it at one time. Um, yeah, I mean, it ultimately, it feels like this was a very understated uh, preseason match where, okay, yeah, maybe they're just getting some fitness, but uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's very perplexing to have a game, a preseason match at 4 p.m. on a weekday. Like, it, you, you think about the best teams in the world, the, the biggest teams in the world, and we have Messi now in this league, and you guys are putting out a preseason match at 4 p.m. on a weekday, on a Wednesday? Like, no. Your stream like, can't even stay live? Yeah, and the stream can't even stay live, and it's just like... Are you guys trying to have fans or not? <laughs> because it essentially, it feels like you guys are trying to hide games. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, I think we could do a lot better. 
and uh, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but it's it's really strange. It's strange behavior from uh, you know uh, from the club that is a professional team, and yeah. you've basically not allowed really anybody, say even your fans, <laughs> to watch the game. Like yes, I understand that you know fans aren't there because they're you know they're getting the preseason uh, together, they're getting the reps, they're getting their fitness. But if you want people to care <laughs> when you have a game, like th- that's the practice <laughs> of that too. If you you're practicing the, you're practicing them to not care. That's essentially what you're doing. And yeah, so why even show a stream if you're going to do it like that? You yeah. Know? Like the the product is inferior to pretty much anything that's in the world uh, sphere in terms of football. Like that's just yeah. I mean, it looked like my old like high school soccer like local access cable network, you know, yeah. wearing uh playing sports from the uh you know, the high school or something. So Yeah. Like <laughs> It's just, uh, yeah, we, we could do a ton better than this. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't see how this, this match gained any fans. At least we had Jason calling it. So, I mean, that was the one, that was one good production value of it. Right. But, uh, and that he's talking about Jason Longshore. If you're, uh, you know, if you're new around these parts, but it's just that, I mean, it's like, you gotta be able to help yourselves guys. And, uh, (laughs) You know, we're uh, we're a podcast about you know a professional club, and I I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm watching a, a high school match. Like it's help us out too. I mean, I'm just baffled, speechless, really. But anyway, yeah. uh, so uh, in terms of that, uh, yeah, you know, we uh, we went two one. Uh, we're able to uh, apparently show some strong defensive displays but uh yeah we uh we don't keep a clean sheet uh i'm not sure if we have kept the clean sheet so far which is still a bit of a worry for the yeah, new i season. mean like the memphis goal was fluky i'm not gonna yes. whatever about that i'm right. i'm sure the montreal goal wasn't like oh my god they figured us out or something like that it's right. probably i mean there was one or two times where Montreal was trying to create chaos in the box and there was a couple of times where I thought oh this could easily just if it just bounced one way instead of the other way it, this could have landed on the foot of a Montreal player and boom goal so mm-hmm. it you know it could have easily been that because you know that's a really sore point also for Atlanta is when the other team kind of just just like what I said with like what Memphis did and then what New York Red Bull did is they try and create chaos in the box and then hopefully the ball lands fortuitous for them and they just get a you know a chance and take a shot and it goes in. Um, it's not exactly a system. It's just throw the ball in the mixer and hope for the best. Um, Montreal just happened to find themselves once or twice in that kind of scenario and we got lucky that you know our goaltenders were rising to the challenge and also they were not clinical about it. Well, you know, uh, like you said, we're undefeated in the preseason, so, uh, you know... We'll talk about Tyler Wolf's goal. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, Tyler Wolf uh, was able to beat uh, the keeper, who uh, definitely was playing a little too up, and, uh, you know, that's how how you beat him, is uh, you 
definitely humble uh, the other team by making sure that, hey, you, you, you pretty much, if you're a goalkeeper, you should be playing pretty yeah. close to your box. Otherwise, you're going to be punished. Listen, Tyler Wolf was watching Al Nasir pummel <laughs> Miami, where they scored from behind, like behind the halfway point against Miami just to punish the poor calendar who stepped too far out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. It's yeah. You know, if you're a goalkeeper and you feel like you, uh, you know, you, you have the skills to be able to, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of counteract this type of thing. I mean, you're going to get humbled real quick. I feel like that's, uh, it's very rare that, uh, you know, someone from the other side is not going to be able to beat you from, 35 yards out if you're not even in your box it's just yeah good luck but uh it's yeah definitely very interesting that uh you know they did that it will be very fascinating to see how cf montreal actually plays in the the actual season but uh i can't imagine them actually doing too much of this i almost caught them twice on it too the keeper made a, a really bad pass one time and i think like tristan received it and was able to get a shot off and it was just like just wide or something like that if i remember correctly but it was almost almost twice that they were severely punished for just incredible outcropping with their goalie Mm -hmm. but yeah so uh yeah like i said it's uh it's still an undefeated preseason uh there are a couple more preseason matches uh this saturday at february 10th uh, against tampa bay rowdies it'll be 3 p.m closed match again and then SKC on February 17th another closed match but it will the rallies will be play. streamed on YouTube but the SKC one will not that'll be yeah. close everything close everything so yeah it will be very interesting because in that there will be you know it's that final tune up before the actual season and I guess they don't want anybody to see it so you know they can prepare for them but hey you know, uh, that's kind of how it goes in, uh, in MLS. But anyway, let's get into the news. And the League's Cup, our opponents have been decided. And uh, yeah, the League's Cup format will also be a little bit different this season. My throat is killing me, but I will be powering through this. We got this, but uh, yeah, we will be playing DC United, and also, I yep. Hold on, here Santos we go. Laguna. Santos Laguna. Yeah, it just disappeared while I was trying to find it for some reason. But uh, basically, the top tier uh, Liga Amekis clubs, uh, they will also uh, have a little bit of uh, a better say this time. Uh, at least that's the hope because. Those highest rank, uh, highest ranked Liga Emekis clubs will get a little bit of a uh, hub privilege, is what they're saying, and so uh, they'll be playing in predetermined venues as the home team, and uh, so uh, the likes of CF Monterrey and Chivas and uh, Tigres and America. So basically, yeah, it's all the massive. Liga Mekis teams uh, will have the predetermined venues and yeah I mean I think you should see probably a little bit a little bit better of a showing from Liga Mekis teams this time then. but uh, yeah we'll 
basically see as well if Inter Miami can uh, pretty much hang on to their cup. But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's another iteration of its it's uh, the second season of its. And uh, I mean, yeah, how did you find the league's cup last season? Were you entertained? Yeah, I was definitely entertained. Um, it was fun. Uh, like, you know, there's a lot of debate about whether or not it's necessary and, you know, uh, extra matches that prolong seasons and things like that. And, you know, those are all fair conversations that I think that should be had and that the players should have says in. Um, and, you know, when you talk, you talk about that in terms of your uh, bargaining agreements and things like that, and you write it up with the players union. So I hope that, you know, they get a good say in that and they have their, their voices are heard when they talk about, you know, match congestions and because, and, you know, I don't want the players to take on more than they physically can. And then, you know, they end up getting hurt more often and that's just not good. So, but, you know, if everyone's happy, peachy keen, then I think I'm all right with it. You know, more games, more interesting games, too, because it's, you know, uh, international opponents. I like playing against international opponents because, you know, you get to play, you know, MLS teams all the time. And that's, you know, you're used to it. You understand it. Testing yourself against international opponents is just always fascinating to me. So that kind of stuff is fun. And it's also like something, you know, you watch like the NHL or NBA or NFL or any kind of American sport. These teams, you don't play outside of your league. It just doesn't happen. So that's just an interesting thing that soccer affords you that other watching other sports doesn't. So I find that particularly interesting. Um, As for our League Cup draw... I think we should clear it. I think we should rise as the top club in that group, which is Santos Laguna and DC United. DC United, I think, is a foregone conclusion. We should beat them. There's, I don't think there's any reason we shouldn't. And then uh, if it's Santos is currently struggling a bit. They're what was like 11th or 9th or something like that in Apertura. Like they're they're okay. They're not great. Um, I think of of decent Mexican teams, I think we can take them. If it was like a higher ranked one, I don't think so. I think we would struggle against like a, you know, like a, a Monterey or something like that. So I'm glad we got who we got. I think it's even easier of an opponent than Cruz Azul and we almost beat Cruz Azul. Um, I think with the team that we have now, we probably could beat Cruz Azul, at least the one from last year. So I'm, I'm looking optimistic against Santos and definitely against DC. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, it's like as well, last season, of course we ended up losing to the eventual champions. So, uh, <laughs> twice in both competitions of league's cup and MLS cup. So, uh, does it look better for us? I guess possibly if you're, uh, in that mode of thinking like, Oh, because, uh, you know, it's that broken math where, <laughs> oh, because that team beat you and you beat that team, you're, you know, possibly better than... Right. Know, By the transitive something. properties of sports. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, we have a very friendly draw. This, like you're, you're saying, it's, uh, you know, DC United, like, okay, yeah, we should, like, on paper, yes, we, if healthy, should move on from this group. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, maybe uh, maybe DC United gets uh, Antoine Griezmann or something. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, then it changes. Then it changes the scenarios, of course. So 
Hopefully, I did not just prognosticate uh, some weird transfer to have happened to... Uh, Knock yeah. on some wood if you can find some. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah, this table. But uh, but yeah, so definitely very interesting. And the uh, in terms of uh, the knockout rounds and no ties, that will still be the same uh, in most of the senses. But uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, ultimately... Uh, Leagues Cup 2024 third place and final will determine the three CONCACAF Champions Cup qualified clubs. So, uh, you know, it'll be uh, something to play for for a lot of the clubs to get into Champions League. So that is good. Boy, I want to get back there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And yeah, it means, of course, we would uh, have to sign a lot more players as well. And uh, I think that's always a good thing. Like we, um, you know, <clears throat> we've had some really good players when we were in the Champions League, and uh, I think that's uh, something that uh, it only means good things. But uh, yeah, uh, moving on from that, Atlanta, Georgia will host a total of eight FIFA World Cup 2026 matches. That is incredible, and it will also incru- include one of the semifinals. Uh, they announced it on Sunday, and yeah, of course, the 2026 World Cup will be played in the USA, Can- Canada, and Mexico uh, in the summer of 2026. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, we uh, we're one of the host countries, uh, one of the host cities. We have uh, five matches in the group stage. We man, it's it's gonna be exciting. I mean, and uh, one of the uh, things that will apparently change is that Mercedes-Benz Stadium will not be known as that in 2026. It will be called Atlanta Stadium. So definitely some big, big news. How are you taking all of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it all. I really would love to get tickets to some of these games and the semifinal. I don't know how prohibitive those those costs and that selection might be so we'll see but that would be nice well, you have two um, children and you might have to sacrifice them yes yeah i mean the firstborn right so yeah that right. might be that might be prohibited we'll see um but at least like if i could get one i would like to have gone to a world cup yeah i haven't gone to one before so that would be really cool i mean it's in my hometown so why not that's perfect opportunity so i'm excited for that um and I mean, if you know the teams that I follow, I mean, the United States, obviously, and then some other teams that I like, they ended up playing there, like Denmark or or Algeria. That would be really, really cool if they showed up in Atlanta. I would be able to see them. That would be amazing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what what happens um, with that. As as for you know the name recognition or lack thereof, really. And, you know, Mercedes-Benz not being known as that, that's, I mean, I don't really care. I think only Mercedes is the one who's going to be annoyed by this. Um, If people want to know what the name of the stadium is, they'll look it up and they'll see. Um, It won't be hard. You know, it's not like it's going to be hidden. So if they call Atlanta Stadium, who cares? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, unless they're taking off the Mercedes-Benz logo, I think it'll be pretty obvious on the side of it when they're doing the aerial shots, if they're doing shots anywhere outside the stadium. But, uh, yeah, so I can't imagine that will be happening. But, uh, yeah, 
you know, it's super exciting. I mean, it's, I don't know when the tickets are going to come out, but I'm sure they will sell out as fast as Andre 3000 tickets in Atlanta. There were four of them and they all sold out within 12 hours. Anyway, uh, so, uh, let's move on from that, uh, transfer rumor. And it's a strange one, but uh, Lionel Lariel, uh, or Leo Paradiso, uh, as he goes on uh, Twitter, he mentioned that LA United is evaluating making an offer for Baltasar Rodriguez. Uh, and he uh, tweeted out, the player would only leave the club due to the termination clause, which is $20 million dollars. Uh, he's an Argentine soccer player, 20 years old, as mentioned, uh, and he is an attacking midfielder, and uh, yeah, currently plays for a Racing Club, but uh, yeah, $20 million, uh, yeah, I don't know, like that doesn't seem possible right now, like we don't have the DP spots, uh, that would mean somehow we're moving Tiago Mata to some other club that's not in Europe. And uh, opening up a DP spot somehow, like I don't get it. Like that, it's uh, it seems as as Swiss cheese of a rumor as it gets. But uh, yep, it's not the first time it actually has popped up as a rumor. So we'll keep tabs on it for you. But uh, yeah, I'm skeptical. But uh, yeah, you have any thoughts on Baltasar Rodriguez? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's farcical to think that we would pursue that at this point in time. Um, this is probably just another instance of, you know, maybe in the past, like significantly long ago, we inquired maybe about him or someone inquired about him that was tangentially related to Atlanta or, you know, something along that. Uh, and someone went, okay, I'm going to hold on to this piece of information. And like maybe when things like the agent things go quiet for their player, they'll drop this type of hint or something like that to re you know and uh, re-enter the the name of the player into like you know the transfer rumor zeitgeist or something like that so this happens once in a while you know they kind of sit on information and release and they drip feed it when they want to so it's who knows if this is even recent um i i suspect it's not so i don't think we need to really worry about it yeah yeah, that's a, a great point about the uh, the drip feeding and you know possibly like when did this even happen? So yeah, uh, but speaking of attacking midfielders that are Argentine, uh, yes, Thiago Mata he scores again, and now that's four goals and two assists for the U23s, uh, and I mean <laughs> Almada is balling out. He still hasn't joined us in preseason. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll be soon, and he'll be, uh, I mean, he's, he's stayed ready, and, but it's just a matter of, will he be able to play with the rest of the team? Yeah, I think he'll be okay. But, uh, you know, he, most of the guys, except for Bartosz Schlich, uh, you know, and Stian Gregerson will be pretty continuous from last season, so... Uh, I don't think it will be too bad, but Almada, the captain of the U23s, man's been balling out for Javier Mascherano. So, um, but yeah, uh, in terms of uh, another bit of news, Polonetto, he is back as the EMLS player for LA United. 
And uh, yeah, he's here to get that number one spot again. He was the MLS Cup runner-up last season. And so hopefully he, uh, the Brazilian, will be able to, uh, you know, kind of make those amends because he's definitely, he's put, uh, you know, LA United on the uh, EMLS map for sure as a uh, as a force. But um, yeah, moving on from that, the new kit leak. Oh, by it, the way, yeah. Paulo, get at us. We need some <laughs> uh, EAFC lessons <laughs> we absolutely do yeah we we played our patrons and whoo that was we got rinsed it, it was a lot of fun i mean it was, i wouldn't say exactly rinsed my internet connection i, I think, got rinsed yeah my internet connection actually uh affected more so than uh, i thought it would yeah we'll, we'll blame it on that for now yeah. yeah for now for now but um yeah i mean i'm uh, i'm looking forward to the next one that we do and uh yeah get at us on patreon to be able to do that but uh yes this kit leak hit uh the the genuineness of this actual kit leak is in question but uh bogdan bogdanovich and clint capella of the atlanta hawks were both seen wearing the new kit going into the arena and uh into the locker room Jorgos Yakomakis and Saba Lapsenice were at the match. I mean, you also had, uh, you know, they were asked after the the match, or after the game, rather, uh, by Caleb Johnson, uh, and he tweeted out, asked Bogey about wearing a new Ellen United kit tonight. He said, quote, me and Clint love soccer, so we just wanted to show love to our soccer team. On whether they knew they haven't been released yet, he said, quote, I think Clint told me I knew this was the new kit, unquote. So the very... Yeah, no idea. F- yeah, right. Oh, sure, sure, sure. The very fact that LA United wouldn't have been like, hey, yo, Hawks, take it down. We haven't released it yet. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, the whole thing's fishy. But yeah, we gotta... how would they have ever gotten their hands on it? <laughs> right, like... exactly. And so... Uh, but on the kit, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's the, the lighter kit, of course, but, uh, it's inspired by the Phoenix of Atlanta. Of course, we were a city that was burned down by William T. Sherman. So, you know, there is a bit of the history there. You and know what the we're... T stands for? Uh, I don't actually. Tecumseh. Tecumseh. Useless knowledge that I will not remember again. I remember it, but now I, yeah, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> but it's, but I appreciate it. But it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're a city that has risen from the ashes. And uh, so it's in a blue outline on a kind of lighter, kind of light blue, maybe a little bit, a little bit of a white on it. Uh, but the Phoenix is. Um, outlined in there, plus you have some gold trim here and there, plus darker blue trim along the collar and sleeves and along the bottom of the shirt as well. Curious what colors that we use for uh, the shorts and the socks. I think that will be a, a very telltale. Hopefully it's not like the strawberry and concrete of the first season where it was 
lazy and white and you know <laughs> yeah so you or, in, or, or in the force kit where the sh the shorts don't match the shirt exactly so hopefully they're the color of something that's a little bit uh, close to what we're wearing there uh, maybe even yellow or the uh, the gold if we um, want to call just, it that it's just it already reminds me of Philadelphia so much if we do yellow pants too it'll be a just like Philadelphia. Kind of true, kind of true, but, uh, you know, ours will be a little bit different, possibly. So, <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, yeah, apparently it's going to be called the Always Rising Kit. Uh, there is possibly a kit launch on February 17th. So, purportedly, that is happening. And we'll give you some more concrete details when they actually come about. But, Always Rising Kit... Uh, I mean, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on how the kit looks like? Um, in general, I think it looks good. Um, it's, I, again, I'm like, I'm not in love with the, the color palette they went with because it's just anti-Atlanta, uh, you know, if, if you, if you get my drift from the red versus blue, but mm. like, you know, it, it is, I mean, I get like, you know, third kits and stuff like that, and away kits are often, you know, off, you know, your brand per se. Um, and that's fine, you know, for that kind of tradition to continue with this. Um, but it, it's just still, it is a little jarring, honestly. Like, it's like, this is, you have to like, take a second to be like, oh, right, yes, that's an Atlanta kit. Um, it's a little jarring, um, even more so than the green one, which, you know, people were a little surprised by that as well. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. However, you know, like the yellow accent, I think kind of makes it look a little nice. The the Phoenix is literally from the Atlantis city flag. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like the, it's almost lifted like the exact same design, mm -hmm. which is a pretty good design. It's very flowy looking. Um, it looks nice. I think it looks yeah. I think it looks like a good a good design. Um, people are saying when they see like I, we have our buddy Glenn from the Five Takes. He said he saw it in person because he was at the Hawks game. And he said that in person, they look really good. So I'm hoping that when we get our hands on it, it's even better than it looks so far that we've seen. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I agree with uh, the design. I agree with the... I, I, I like the color scheme, actually, because, I mean, there's only so many colors you can kind of do uh, along the, the white that you pretty much have to do. Uh, it seems like by MLS, but uh, you know what's interesting is Inter Miami, their new kit, the Adidas logo, the Inter Miami logo, is up and down through the center of the sternum, and I yeah, was kind of hoping, like, like yeah, that. just like that, and I was kind of hoping that it might be something like that because where the actual logo is, where the Phoenix is right now as well. It's a little busy, and I kind of... Yeah, that's my one gripe with it right now, is they didn't really account for that part of the design. I'm sure they have centered the uh, the Phoenix a little bit, possibly, but too late now. So <laughs> it's uh, we'll see how it goes. It Also, I mean, the kits kind of vary in... Uh, where like it's this it's like any of the other previous kits not every kit looks exactly the same when they're produced 
So the uh, the five stripes, the original one, the stripes weren't always the same spot for when the logo was. So it might be a little bit left. It might be a little bit like it. It was imperfect. And so, yeah, maybe it's just those two. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I'm curious. I'm curious where they ultimately end up. But uh, let us know in those comments below what you think of them. But, uh, yeah. Next bit of news, Jose Martinez signed with CF Montreal, our opponents, on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, he was seen talking with Gonzalo Pineda and also Brad Guzan. I mean, Jose Martinez. No is, chicken was thrown. No chicken, well, that we know of. I mean, that, that was we know of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Jose Martinez, uh, yeah, he brought a uh, little to-go thing for Gonzalo Pineda. Of that would be so funny if he did yeah. that. I think, man, maybe he needs to, really, honestly, because... Uh, He's like, hey, remember that time that I, like, genuinely scared you? Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I was being violent in the locker room. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Jose Martinez in Canada now. Uh, you know, obviously, it was a little too soon for him to take part. But what do you feel like for him on this team? Does it make sense? Does it work for you? I mean, it makes sense for Montreal to like go after someone of like him. I I don't I think he's on a TAM deal, so like you get Joseph Martinez on a TAM deal. That's probably good. Like a DP, I don't think that that's really worth it. But TAM, yeah, that's that's really good. I think so. You know, as long as he stays healthy. I mean, he said in you know an interview with the uh, Montreal Press that. Um, you know, he's been good for two years. He's been fine. The knee is not a problem. Um, and that he gets emotional and he's not going to really apologize for it. So, because yeah. he wants to win, does it hates losing. So, like, you know, it's his old, his old normal self. Um, glad to kind of see that. Um, again, I wish he was, you know, like almost with all of these, these instances where one of our players leaves us. I wish they went to a Western Conference team. Yeah. So we don't have to see him as much, but you know he's on an Eastern Conference team. Hopefully, you know when we play Montreal, it's not, you know he, he doesn't scorch us uh, like that man that one game in against Miami yeah, where he came on and just ruined us. That was embarrassing. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, but you know I wish him well. I hope he does well as a five star five stripe alumni. He's a five star five stripe alumni, <laughs> and he. Um, you know, I just hope when he plays us, he doesn't do so well. He has an off game. Um, whether, you know, like, I don't know what Montreal is going to get out of him. I mean, out of Miami, it wasn't great. Like, I mean, you even were playing with Messi and it wasn't great. So it makes me wonder what exactly they're expecting to get out of him in terms of production. I mean, if you can get like 12, 15 goals out of him, I, I would probably consider that a success. But it's like that's so underneath what he's capable of like in his prime so you know i don't know what montreal's goals are <laughs> for this season i mean they were like what like uh like ninth or tenth or something last last year in the eastern conference i don't remember um but you know i i can't see this being the move that like puts them as a cup contender so i don't know what else they're gonna do um i know they have huyan Things how I pronounce him his last name. Um, that guy is scary because he's so darn fast. Um, 
and they have one or two other players that I think are pretty good. Wayama's on there, but like outside of that, I don't really think that there's they have Mason Toyna, I think too. Like I don't really think uh I don't really think that they're super threatening, so I don't think this is gonna really tip the scale for them. I'd be surprised if they start doing really well, but I also wouldn't hate it because it's Joseph Martinez. Yeah. I mean, he definitely got the uh, airport treatment, uh, you know, where fans showed up and, you know, he uh, was able to be greeted by them, sign some stuff. And he spoke uh, some French. Yeah, spoke some French. Man can speak like eight different languages and all well. So it's uh, incredible uh, in that respect. But it's also, yeah, you know, on that, like how much can he give? How many goals does he have in him this season? that is the role of the die that they're taking and uh i mean why not on their their uh their regard it's like okay you know like take the take the flyer out on uh, a former mvp in this league uh they have nothing to lose pretty much uh, and on so, a tam of course yeah yeah and so uh and as well i mean it's like uh <laughs> it's kind of been mentioned a little bit but victor wanyama uh he he and Jose Martinez got a little bit of a, uh, a you know, a chokehold with each other uh, a few years ago, and now they're teammates. And uh, I think it's, you know, this stuff happens. I mean, things get heated on the pitch, and enemies become frenemies, and it's okay. Like it's, uh, I don't think it's the the biggest deal. Probably the, you know, I think worse things have happened, uh, especially. I would say, like, yeah, in the NBA, you see that probably more frequently, where uh, you have players that were, it looked like just absolute enemies, and now they're teammates. Case in point, probably Chris Paul and the Warriors. I mean, it's, uh, you know. Money now, will do that to you. Yep, money will do that, aka, uh, yeah, this is a job. This is a job for a lot of the players. So, yeah, they're going to go where they can get paid, because that's what they do. So, uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, let's move on to, uh, yeah, where it's a small little preview, but Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, 3 p.m. February 10th. Uh, we, yeah, we saw definitely, you know, some, a very interesting, uh, kind of game format and we'll find out how the game format is for this next match too. Uh, of course it was 120 minutes for, uh, two different squads uh, on Wednesday. I don't think they will be playing 60 minutes again just three days later. Uh, I think it's probably going to be a regular 45, but things could change. Who knows? They don't tell anybody until the day of. So, uh, But um, yeah, I think our prediction that last time it wasn't going to be the U16 kids playing again and making the trip to Florida, uh, that came true. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, right now in Florida, it's the first team squad and the Atlanta United 2 squad that are there. And I would imagine it's probably maybe like a 60-30 now, maybe, uh, you know, for the a 90-minute match against the Rowdies. I don't think that the Rowdies have a full team like that to be able to... Uh, you know, do what we're doing there. So I think it's going to be something like that. Uh, and 
I have a feeling, yeah, it's probably going to be a little bit more where Sean Gregerson, uh, you know, his minutes management, he might get a start here. Uh, and I think we might see our strongest 11 uh, as much as we can. Uh, Caleb Wiley probably gets maybe 45. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, you have any prognostications for this match? Uh, no, I just want to see goal scoring, a little cohesion, a um, little bit more like building on what we've already seen in this last game, um, chemistry building, and yeah, like I said, more. I want to see it result in build a play that creates goals, or at least good scoring chances. If we're not clinical yet, that's fine. Um, just some good build up to, to some good, decent chances um, that maybe... If we were a little more sharper, those would have gone in. Um, and obviously, no injuries. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, the only thing I'd add is that uh, I'd like to see some goals from the run of play that's, uh, yeah, a little bit more team goals. Less, yeah. uh, less spectacular, less, uh, you know, where uh, it's a little bit more fluky. I want to see how well the team can sequence together some passes and finish the good sequences off so yeah i guess it might be better to respond with what do i don't want to see mm-hmm. so what i don't want to see is us feeling like we're out of our depth um like we're kind of getting run over like if rowdies decide to do like a chaotic high press or something like that how do we respond to that can we play out the pressure um, that is something I would like to see if that's how they end up playing. If they decide to play in a middle block like how Montreal played us, I want to see us be able to dissect that, tear it apart so we can play through it, through the middle. I don't want to just see us, oh, we see the other team there, you know, they, they've done a middle block, so we're just going to go balls over the top and down the wing only. Um, I want to be able to, I want to see us start to try and tear that middle block apart, tease it out so we can go through it. Um, I want to be able to start to see that. And if we can build towards that, um, that would be nice. Because I think a lot of teams will do that against us. Yeah. Yeah. And also be able to, yeah, essentially find solutions in game. That's something that uh, eventually we hope to be working towards. So uh, we understand, yeah, it's preseason still. So, you know, it's, yeah, (laughs) there's really, this is more match fitness more than anything. And then, uh, yeah. You know the actual uh, tactics, hopefully. Uh, but it's one of those things too, though. We have two more matches, <laughs> so it's uh, now's the time to be able to get a little bit more of that uh, that type of um, integration in terms of tactics. But anyway, so that is the news, guys, and pretty much the entire episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is. Do you like the kit leaks before they actually reveal the kit? Because, yep, there's some people that don't want to see anything. They just want to know when it's revealed. Or are you there for every bit of it when Franco Escobar accidentally leaked it in the locker room? You know, all those type of moments where... Uh, yeah, there's been some very interesting ways that, uh, they accidentally had, uh, some, uh, some leaks out, so. And do you think these leaks are accidental, or is it all guerrilla marketing? Exactly, so, (laughs) 
You know, I think uh, either way, we get the information that we need, I guess. So, you know, uh, whether the Hawks fans deserved it first as well, that's a whole other thing. We shall see. But anyway, guys, that is the episode there and there. Uh, Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. I've been AJ. That's been Michael. Thank you so much for watching. And we will see you in the next video. Thank <laughs> you.